0: I prepped my notes, I was like, this is a really uplifting intro. You normally want your intro to be kind of funny and get people's attention. Well, I'm gonna talk about funerals. So there's really nothing less funny than that. So uh, bear with me on that. But okay, if I were to officiate your funeral someday, okay? Um, that sounds like, like I'm leading into a joke. Uh, I'm not. Um, someday, all of us will have a funeral. As a pastor, I get the, the, the privilege and, and even... Uh, the burden of doing uh, funerals. And if I were to do your funeral, um, I would do these verses, the verses that I'm gonna do, that we're gonna look at uh, today. If you are a believer in Jesus... If you're a follower of Jesus, these are the verses uh, that you would get. It is weird to talk about funerals in church. It's weird to talk about dying. We, don't li- we get uncomfortable. We don't like talking about dying. I grew up in a church tradition that I think talked a little bit too much about believe in Jesus so that you don't go to hell. You're gonna die someday. Make sure you know where you're going. Some of the result of that was good. Some of the result of that was, hey, I really want that ticket uh, to heaven. I really want that get out of hell free card so that I can show it to Jesus someday, maybe without the relationship, the relationship of saying, I love Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. But in that, I think we've swung the pendulum so far in the church that many times we never talk about death anymore as if it's not going to happen to us, right? Uh, we never talk about eternal life and where we're going to go someday and, and how uh, to get there, but the fact is, everybody here is going to have a funeral. That's kind of weird to think about, isn't it? Everybody here is going to have a funeral, and, I, and one of the biggest mysteries in the whole world to me is how most of our world goes through life as if there's no God, right? Think about your coworkers. Think about your people you, you maybe you went to school with, or the people you interact with um, that aren't believers. Most people just simply live like there's no God. And I think even as Christians, we can fall into that as well. Most of us live like we're never actually going to die. I think most of us in the world, we sort of just live however we want. We, we live however we want as if there's no God and he doesn't have any will for our life. Like God isn't saying, there's a way I want you to live. I want you to live like this. And if you, if you bring that up, hey, there's that kind of a way God wants us to live. It's not... It's different than the way you're living. Normally you get mocked uh, or dismissed, right? That's judgmental. Keep that away from me. You know, you can do you. Uh, I'm going to do me. But then the inevitable happens. What is the inevitable? Everybody's gonna die, right? That's the inevitable. Unless Jesus comes back Everybody's gonna die. So the inevitable happens, and what happens when somebody dies? Could be anybody. Could be a celebrity, could be an athlete, could be someone you know, whether they were religious at all or not. What are the things everybody says? They're in a better place, right? I'm not making that up. Everybody says that, right? They're in a better place. They're looking down on us, Right, they're they're looking down on us. This person's looking down on us, and often you'll hear, "I'll see them again someday." I'll see them again someday. Okay, now, um, you will see them again someday if their faith was in Jesus and your faith is in Jesus. Uh, but um, what I want us to really think about before we enter into these texts, this text today, of what I would read at your funeral if you were a believer in Jesus. Um, I know that it can sound judgmental and maybe even cruel to say that if you're not a believer in Jesus, um, you're not in a better place, that you're not looking down on anybody and you're, you're, not gonna, you're not gonna be seen again someday. It can seem cruel and judgmental, but I really want us to think about um, what are you banking your beliefs on, okay? What are you banking your beliefs on, and what is our world banking their belief on? Because let's be honest, this is an important belief, right? Whether or not there is an afterlife, a heaven or a hell, whatever happens is going to happen. We're one for two. We're one for two back there. Uh, there, Whatever happens, uh, whatever's going to happen to us, this is a really important belief. And so I thought about this phrase, what are you banking on? And I just have a, a, just a check up here, nothing fancy. I'm not actually gonna, um, it is a blank check that is unsigned. It won't do you any good. Um, but if I were to, if you were to do some work for me and I was gonna pay you with this check, okay? Um, let's say it was $1,000, A $1,000 job. Jay fixes my car for me and I'd be like, Jay, thank you, my man. Here's a $1,000 check. He's like, yes, cha-ching. I got the check in my hand. What is the only thing that makes this piece of paper have value? If it has a good bank behind it or not, right? Taking this check from me for $1,000 to pay for the car repair you did for me, this only has value if you can bank on it. If you can bank on this check, if you trust the check, if you trust those little numbers at the bottom, that the routing is gonna go to the right places, that the right authority is on this thing, that when you go put it in the bank, it actually is gonna turn into $1,000. You're making a choice to bank on this or not to. Does that make sense? We have to make a similar choice when it comes to what happens after we die. And I say this out of compassion for our world. Our world, it's a great mystery to me that we live like there's no God and then when somebody dies, everybody's a believer at that time, right? When you go to a funeral of somebody and you're like, this person wasn't a believer, I knew them. Why is everybody acting like they were a saint their whole life and, and, and they were a believer? Everybody's a believer, once it's too late. That's one of life's greatest mysteries for me. And I think it's one of Satan's biggest deceptions. I really just want us to think critically about that for a minute. Think critically about that for a minute. Okay, so we're gonna jump in to the text and we're jumping into 1 Corinthians 15. We've only got eight or nine verses to get through. So I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do the mini sermon. Don't worry, don't be nervous. Um, and what we're jumping into, there was this debate going on in the church at Corinth about if uh, there's a, a resurrection of our bodies or not. Okay? And, and so what, what the first chap, half of the chapter was about was Jesus's resurrection. So you think Easter, Easter sermon, Jesus resurrected from the dead. It's what we base our whole faith on. caught oh, it like that? Wow. Ah. Somebody might want to come grab this. That's going to happen again. There's a draft coming that way. All right. Put me on the lines, baby. All right. I'm a very multi-talented uh, pastor up here. I just keep, keep it coming. Yeah, yeah. Any more things I can do? Uh. All right. So we were talking about something. Um, there, there's a debate uh, about if there's a resurrection or not in the church. So in, in 1 Corinthians 15, the first half talks about Jesus. He resurrected from the dead. And as Christians, we say, amen. He resurrected from the dead Easter Sunday. That's why we're Christians. That's the whole first half of chapter 15. And now Paul's saying, guess what? If Jesus resurrected from the dead, you're gonna, your body is going to resurrect too. And we're like, Huh? What does that work? How does that work? We're going to talk about that a little bit in today's text, Uh, but ultimately what we're going to get to, because that's the context, that's the debate that's happening in the church, we're ultimately going to get to a point of the verses that I'm going to read uh, at at the funerals that I do for those that are followers of Jesus. And God forbid I go before you, go ahead and read these at my funeral too, okay? Can we, we'll just make a deal uh, about that. All right, so let's start. We'll get the scripture up on the screen. The first three verses say, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. That means die. That was just a word they used. We will not all, excuse me, sleep but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself, that's a tongue twister, must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with uh, immortality. Now, uh, what this is talking about is... Jesus is coming back, okay? Jesus is coming back. Uh, when we die, we do go to heaven, okay? When you die, there's verses in the Bible that tell us in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 6 to 9, it says, when we're absent from our body, we are present with the Lord. If you remember the thief on the cross, this was in Luke 23, 42. Jesus tells the thief on the cross, fill in the blank. Blank, you will be with me in paradise. What does he say? Do you remember, church people? What day? Today, today, that was 2,000 years ago. Today, 2,000 years ago, you're gonna be with me in paradise. So that thief is with Jesus. They are in paradise together, praise God. That is heaven, but... Even those in heaven are waiting for Jesus to come back. Jesus is coming back, and you can read about it in the book of Revelation, and there's a new heaven and a new earth, and we're gonna have resurrected bodies, similar to Jesus' resurrected body. I don't know all the answers. It's a bit above my pay grade, but I can tell you, we look forward to that, okay? We look forward to that. Thank you, Mario. I'm glad you liked that one. i glad Mario laughs at my jokes. I like that. I like that. All right, uh, verse... Um, Verse 51 says, not everybody's gonna die. Uh, some people are gonna be alive when Jesus comes back. So Jesus is coming, we're waiting for it. Verse 52 says, it's gonna be in a flash. So be ready. Boom. Are you, gonna, are you ready? Be ready. Like you, Jesus is coming back or you're gonna die, one or the other, be ready. If you don't know Jesus, why would you wait? It's like the, I don't wanna use that word, let me think. Um, it's not a good thing to wait about, okay? <laughs> like you can't, you can't, Make up your mind later. Once you die, you're dead. You got, you're gonna, there's a judgment before God. And with Jesus, you're great. There's no judgment for you if you're in Jesus. So put your faith in Jesus now, today, right? This is what is in a flash, this is gonna happen. Um, all right, so this is the setting. This is the debate. Paul's saying it is gonna happen. Jesus is going to come back. Uh, when the perishable, so I, I always think of, um, the only time I ever use that in real language is when they say, bring in your, your non-perishable food items. But that, that's, that's not real because those things go bad. Is that, that was a, a shocker to me as an adult when I went, why does this canned good have an expiration date? I was lied to my whole life. These are, these are perishable. Don't eat like five-year-old cans of beans. This is not good. <laughs> All right, but this is saying the perishable, that's, our, that's us. We're gonna perish. We perish. We have to be clothed with the imperishable. That's immortality. That's Jesus. That's this resurrected body. Okay, when that happens, here's the saying. And here's what I'm reading at your funeral. Death has been swallowed up in victory. You can't read that normal. You don't read, hallelujah. Thank you, Christy. You don't read that boring. You don't read that slow. You say death has been swallowed up in victory. This is a taunt. This is, this is, this is, Paul, as he writes this, the word of God, this is literally God taunting Satan. Okay, if you're a sports fan, um, you know what taunting is. Somebody tackles somebody in football and they stand over them and it's illegal to do this now. You'll get a flag, but they still do it. And they point in their face and they say, I own you. I crushed you. I killed you. Ha! Right? Right? And then the bench is clear and they all start doing that to each other, right? All right, that's what God is doing here to Satan, you guys. This is no joke. He says, death has been swallowed up in victory and then he stands over death and he says, where, oh death, is your victory? Where are you? Where, oh death, is your sting? I don't feel your sting. Oh, you're big and scary. Where is it? I don't feel it. Why? Because Jesus has won the victory. You guys feel that? Do you feel the victory of this text? This is why we would read this as believers at a funeral. We are—it's not us taunting death. It's God. God is taunting death, and death is Satan's best weapon. He has weapons, and death is his best one. Now, verses 56 and 57. I gotta hurry because this is supposed to be many. Uh, okay, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. There still is a sting to death. I don't like funerals when they say, everybody clap. Let's all celebrate this person's in heaven, they're dead. No, don't celebrate someone that's dead, it's sad. You mourn them. There's a season for mourning. Death isn't supposed to be here. We mourn death, it's sad, it hurts. That's the sting of death, but the sting doesn't last. Verse 57, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God. Kyle, can you go get our kids and teens? Bring them back out for these baptisms. All right. One more verse here as we get ready for these baptisms. Verse 58, it says, "'Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm.'" this is for us today. This is for while you're still alive. You don't just look at your watch and wait to die. Okay. There's a, there's a lot to do on this earth and it's awesome. It's, it's not the emptiness of the world. The world is empty. It's looking for purpose. It's looking for meaning. It's empty. I, I mean, you can relate to that. You can relate to the emptiness of the world. We see it all around us and we experience it when we, when we live that way. Okay. There's something for us to do. Verse 58 ties all this up. It says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. What to do with this life? You give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Your labor is not in vain. In eternity, you'll get to see the fruit of it. will not it be cool in eternity to look back and go, man, everything I ever did for God, I'm so glad I did that. There won't be shame for the things we did wrong. Jesus has covered that. But to be able to look back it's like, okay, I wasn't that good at sports growing up. I'll just be honest, okay? I, I was not, um, my name did not get in the paper very often. <laughs> for like, the, they used to, in our little town, little town papers are funny. They would put uh, the little league basketball scores in the box scores of the paper, like fifth and sixth grade. So if you like scored points, your name would get in there. My name was not in there very often. <laughs> Okay, but let me say, when you contribute in a sport, and I I had my moments um, later in life, when you contribute in a sport, it feels way better than when you sat the bench. When you see your name in the box score, when you know that you did something to contribute to the victory, that feels good. You don't have to be good at sports to be a Christian, because I'm not. Um, You just have to know Jesus, but what I want you to understand is when we're in heaven, if we've given ourselves fully to the work of the Lord on earth, it won't be in vain. We will have an opportunity with Jesus to look at the things we did for God, the ways we serve God, the people we shared the gospel with, the obedience that we surrender to God, habits and hang ups, When we went to God and said, this is my bad habit and I need your help. I'm not gonna try to do this anymore on my own. Your labor is not in vain. Let nothing move you. So before I, uh, at, or I we're, we're, we're really, we're, we're gonna be ready here in a moment for Lexi and Bree to come up uh, for their baptisms. I just wanna close this portion of the, of the sermon by saying it is better to follow Jesus. It is worth it to follow Jesus. We're not gonna do it perfectly, but we are committed to it. And we are committed to doing it together. Amen? Amen. All right, so I want to give you a couple things about baptism. What's up, kids? Thanks for joining us. Hello, you guys have some cool prizes. I nail polish. Oh, I love your nail polish, Aviel. That's so cool. Oh, I love it. This is a really bad idea that I did all that. Okay, did we? Oh, it's hanging in there. It's hanging in there. All right. I wanna to explain to the kids, and we got the teens out here too, right? So teens, pay attention. Kids, pay attention. I want everyone to understand what baptism is and what it isn't. Baptism doesn't save you. When you go under this water, it doesn't mean like God's like, whoa, you went underwater. Now you can go to heaven. That's not how baptism works, okay? You're saved through Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tell us, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We're saved through our faith in Jesus, not by doing a work. So a work is going into the water that doesn't save us, okay? So we wanna be real clear that we're saved through faith uh, by Jesus. Another verse I like about salvation, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Jesus took your place, he's the righteous, you're the unrighteous. We're saved by saying, I believe that. God, I want you to take my place. Will you forgive me my sins? Will you take my place? Lexi has done that. Bree has done that. Uh, What a baptism is, I like to use the analogy of a a wedding ring briefly. Uh, A a wedding ring, this ring here, doesn't make me married. Uh, My vows made me married. My my vows uh, at my wedding day made me married to my wife, who's here. Uh, And I wear a ring to publicly display that I'm married. It's a public display that I'm taken, okay? I'm taken and I'm committed. Baptism is a public display for Lexi and for Brie that says, I'm taken. I'm taken by Jesus and I am committed. I'm taken and I'm committed. I'm committed to Jesus. I'm publicly declaring my faith in Jesus today. There's an awesome verse. We'll leave this one up on the screen. Uh, It says, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. All right, so with that, uh, my oldest child, my daughter Lexi is gonna come on up front and she is gonna read to you her own words of what God has done in her life. Could you give her a hand as she... Comes on up front. Hey Lexi. Hi. How you feeling? Kind of nervous. Kinda nervous. We'll see if this mic's working. I think it was working okay when we stood over here. All right. You wanna read this? Okay. All right, nice and loud for us.
1: I went to Lake Ann camp and we did chapel every day. I learned a lot of great things. I learned I want to be closer to God now, that I know more about him, and I really know what baptism means. If you ask to get saved, you're on God's side. But in baptism, you're showing everyone publicly that I'm a Christian, that Jesus saved me, and I want you all to know that. I believe that Jesus forgives me of my sins and that he lets me be a part of his kingdom and go to heaven. You want to know Jesus because he gives you eternal life and you go to heaven after you die and being God's friend is the best thing ever. And I really want other people to make that decision. I've always thought that you need a big story, a big thing in your life that changed and now you want to be baptized. I've heard other people's stories, and they're pretty amazing. I don't have a story like that, so I didn't think I could be baptized. And now I realize I don't need a story like that. I just want to be baptized because I want to show everyone that I'm a Christian and that I follow Jesus, and I want to encourage everyone that they should do that too. Amen.
0: (laughs) Amen. All right, we got the water as warm as we could for starting at eight. We, we said it, it's adjacent to warm, is what were Mario's words. If you ever need optimism, just talk to Mario. Um, so Lexi, come on over here. And could I get a hand, uh, Tom? Just help me get this off here. It's gonna be great. Oh, it's real warm now. It's like real warm. This is excellent. This is like bathtub temperature. This is what we want. Praise God. Praise God that she's not gonna... Um, Turn into a popsicle. All right. Oh, do you hear that? That was nice, Aviel. All right, Lexi, we're going to put you in here. It really is warm. I'm not, it feels very nice. Come on in. All right. Now, you're going to sit down, put your legs out that way, okay? All right. Lexi, have you put your faith in Jesus to forgive you of your sins, and have you committed to follow him as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And do you want to show that today publicly through baptism? Yes. Then it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in his death and raised with him in his resurrection. <laughs> can I give you a hug? I love you, buddy. Good job. You can go over there with Mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, the, I love the extra commentary. It's like uh, John Madden over there. All right, Bree. Here she comes. All right, here she comes. All right, we're gonna have you come over here, Bree. All right, you're ready. This mic's working best over here, okay. so I'm gonna have a stand over here. You guys can all see her, okay? All right. Test one, two. You wanna hold that? Mm-hmm. All right, great.
2: Um, Hello, my name is Bree. Um, Without God, I would have no guidance. I would have low self-esteem and truly feel abandoned. God is who I talk to about how I feel and what I'm going through. God is there for me and provides for me. When I didn't have God in my life, I felt like I was looking for that guidance in anyone. And sometimes people would lead me down the wrong way. That's how I ended up getting a nicotine addiction. Um, It leads to worse and worse things as you get further. I felt like it was super lonely during that time away from God, but now I have a group of people who I can always talk to. It's comforting, and it's not stru- stressful. Sorry, I believe Jesus is Lord, and this is what I have to do to believe to be saved. I believe in the power of repentance and God's forgiveness. I really am sorry for the things that I've done in my past, and God has changed me for the better. And baptism is one of those ways that I can step forward and show that. I have learned that love is patient and more kind. I didn't have a dad growing up, so this is the... Um, relationship that i have with god this is the closest thing that i've ever had towards a father um it's peaceful and comforting if you aren't a believer in jesus i want you to know that it truly lifts a burden off your chest you can feel like you have a weight on the world on your shoulders all the time this can create anxiety and depression and when you give this to the lord it really helps he will take you out of dark spots guaranteed
0: amen thank you all right Bree. Come on over. All right, same thing. You're going to get on on this side. You put your feet down this way. And then sit back here. Yeah, it's deeper on this side cuz the parking lot is slanted. So. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. All right, Bree. Uh-huh. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ to forgive <laughs> you of your sins? Yeah. And you've committed to follow him for your whole life? Yeah. And you want to show that today publicly through baptism? then it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in death and raised with him in resurrection. (laughs) Amen. Put that towel around you. Congratulations. Amen. Praise God. Well, um, I, I will leave it up to the kids' leaders. I wouldn't mind um, the teens to stay out here uh, for sure. We're gonna do a song and just an invitation if there's anyone else. Not, we're not dunking anyone else today, so I wanna clear, clear that up. But we, wanna, we always, after our baptisms, after you've seen and heard what God's done in people's lives, if you're here today and you've never been baptized, maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus, but maybe you have and you've never declared that publicly. Again, we're not gonna baptize anyone else today, but at our next service, we would, at our next baptism service, we would love for you to get baptized.